Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Peggy Amanese, your host of Signs Your Loved Ones Send Us. We have a live show every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but the show is also worldwide and available on Skype. We're calling in at 1-347-838-9201. I have a question for you all. Do you believe when we die that we cease to exist? Do you believe that heaven is for real? Do you believe that our loved ones are always around us? Do you get signs like pennies or feathers? or butterflies, or rainbows. There's so many ways that our loved ones come through, and my show sets out to show you. Uh, we have many intuitive meetings on the show, and special guests, and we give readings, and hopefully bringing your loved ones through. So stay tuned for our guest tonight. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. This is Peggy Amanisi once again, broadcasting from Verplank, New York, in Worcester County. Uh, my show is Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us. Uh, you can reach us by clicking on my link on Facebook or uh, the Internet by hitting blogtalkradio.com uh, slash Peggy Semenisi. Or you can reach us through Skype if you hit the blogtalkradio.com Peggy Semenisi. Uh, we're worldwide. Um, you can get us that way. 
and click that on and go to Skype and just hit the button. We don't need your name. Or you can call in at one three four seven eight three eight nine two zero one to listen to the show or ask us questions. If you come into the queue and hit one, that means you want to speak with us. So if not, you can just listen to the show any of those ways. All right, tonight <clears throat> um, we're covering a subject, uh, kind of like a two weeks later about the Joel Olstein thing, maybe a little bit again. Um, but we're going to tell you, I have a guest coming on. He's been my co-host several times. He's, let me tell you about Kevin. Um, he's on my show tonight. Once again, he's a Baptist deacon, and he's an author. Kevin Chappelle is his name. We'll be discussing why grief of children is different from the rest and what the Bible says about grief for all those who grieve and how it's not a pity party, like Joel said in his book, or a way to look for attention. Once again, my show is called Signs I Love One Send Us. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, who am I? <laughs> I'm Peggy S. Um I have MS. I'm 60, almost 62 years old. I wrote a book called Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug after my... Daughter's death, uh, and then eight years later, my son died. So then it was published. I have four more books coming out. And after losing many, uh, my husband, brother, sister, parents, two nephews, uh, my only daughter and my youngest son uh, both died of cystic fibrosis while in their 20s. My book tells of our life, where I grew up, about me from the beginning, and my belief in life after death, what I've seen and heard and now have like I said, four more books coming out, including a poetry book for grief, people going through grief. Also, now um, I have my own radio show, which is this, to help others who are grieving. I do all this free of charge. All my work is volunteer. I'm also an intuitive medium, um, if you want to call me that. I don't like the word medium. I just give my gift from God. And I feel my job uh, is from the Lord, and has, he's given me this to help others, grieving, especially grieving parents, and uh, who else would know? I didn't learn this in a book. I've lost two of my own children. I also do fundraising for those with CF. I don't take any money. Um, they put up their own um, GoFundMe, GoFundMe sites, and it goes directly to the people. Or if they uh, want to wish, I would contact whoever and work it that way. I don't really take any cash from anybody. So that's how I work my thing. And I do toy, toy drives around the holidays. My son's uh, birthday is November 30th, so... I celebrate his life every year on his birthday and raise toys for children in the hospital and, and deliver them. I play Mrs. Santa Claus every year. And um, who else would know better uh, the needs of these people you know, that, are, that have even sex children, not just the ones that have lost kids, but been there, been at the hospital many times where there was no money for me to eat or getting my car to the parking garage. Uh, people had to help me. So this is kind of what what I do. So it's not just about being an intuitive meeting or just a grieving parent. I help those that are still here also um, do the best I can. And like I said, I do this all as a volunteer. You know, no pats on the back. It's not about the glory for me or what have you. It's just about helping other people. It gives me purpose. So, Well, tonight uh, Kevin will be joining us shortly, Kevin Chappelle from Arizona. We're going to be discussing what the Bible truly says about uh, grief and um how we're supposed to deal with it. And uh, like I said, there was a big uh, uproar a few weeks ago about Joel Steen's book that I, that I found out was out since 2004. But all of a sudden, somebody had posted on another group, and I saw it, and of course, it got my blood boiling because this is something I've tried to tell people since my children died, family and friends even. You know, it's not a pity party when I, I'm down or I post on Facebook or or well, 
most people think it's I complain to them. I you don't get over grief. Um not especially of a child. You 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 learn to live with it. You you go you do go on with your life. You know, differently. Uh it's hard as hell, you know, it really is. And I don't care if I'm an intuitive medium or not. Um I still hurt from the human aspect. I miss my kids every day. You know, I'm I've got those emotions. So I'm gonna um bring some of the callers on uh while we're waiting for Kevin and uh let him tell what the Bible that, and I'm talking King James Version, uh what it says really about grief, unlike what Joel someone who, who, you know, lives in a five, ten thousand whatever it is, mansion and you know, I don't want anybody down that preaches the word of the Lord, okay? But you cannot misrepresent the Bible either. Um, you know, you can't speak about something that you don't know anything anything of. We can read the Bible also. Everybody interprets it differently. But don't make a statement, please, you know, that uh, uh, you know how it feels or you should get over it and it's 30 days to grieve, blah, 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 blah. So anyhow, I also have a chat room. Um, I'm probably not going to type it. It's very difficult for me because of the MS. Um, I can see what you're writing. If I can get to you, I will answer your questions. Um, also, you can do it on Facebook, but I go back and forth between that, so it's best to call into the show. So, right now, um, actually, I have uh, a few callers on here already, um, people listening on the Internet, um, no one on Skype yet, but I do have uh, a friend of mine, actually, in the uh, New Hampshire area. I see her on. She's lost her only son. Uh, she has one daughter and three grand, beautiful grandchildren. And um, I'm going to let Trish speak about some of her feelings about this until Kevin comes on. And like I said, if you want to ask any questions or just vent, my, my, my program is about everything, not just about readings. It's about venting where nobody else will listen to you. Get your emotions out. You know what? I'm not going to turn my back on you. You know, uh, I'm here to, to listen to you. Okay? So I'm going to bring Trish on the line now. Hold on, please. Hi, Trish. Hey, Peggy. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? I just came in. I actually I just got me a double rainbow. One of my signs over my house a few minutes ago. We had a. I was in the middle of trying to barbecue for my my son that's home. I do have two other children, like you know, and one living at home. And I'm out there trying to barbecue, and all of a sudden the rain came. But it was a like a sun shower. Got drenched, <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah. a double rainbow appeared again. Well, we love those rainbows. So, um, Chris, tell, tell tell them. I mean, you you're mostly on the show with me, almost like my co-host now every week. Um, tell others how you feel about uh, what Joel said a few weeks ago or what was said. Gosh, no, when, I don't remember exactly what he said. I just took it off somebody else's site. I saw it on one of the other grieving groups. Somebody posted it, uh, the administrator. I won't mention names, but um, you know, tell people what you feel uh, about how, how we're supposed to get over this. I mean, we do go on with our lives. You still have your kids grandkids over to the pool and go out to dinner here and there. I mean, we we go on. We we go on differently, but what are your feelings on what Joel said? Well, I'm a believer unless somebody's lived it and felt it firsthand. I mean, we can we can assume, you know, a doctor mm-hmm. can say you're sick with something because, you know, he went to school and got educated, but however, yep. um, in a situation that is grieving a loss of a child. They wouldn't know what it's like unless they actually lost one. That's the first thing. Walk the walk, right? Yep. Right. Yep. You have to walk the walk to know the feeling. And that's mm-hmm. what I would first mostly say. And secondly is, um, you know, like for him to call, say, people with a pity party or it's a pity party, 
That's Not Penny Potty. <laughs> That's yeah, a pee potty. We joke too on the show, people. It's, I still have yeah, something to hear. Whatever he wants to call it. It's like, are yep. you kidding me, sir? I say to myself during my times of pity potty, and, you know, it's like I say to myself. So mm-hmm. clearly, if I wanted pity potty, I would not say to myself. Like, I literally recluse. And for that reason, like, you know, I told you we could have gone out on Megan's boat. My daughter for mm-hmm. the fireworks. I couldn't do it because the last we went up with Ryan, we were on her boat, and I just thought to myself, I don't want to. <laughs> I know I would be upset. Mm-hmm. I just thought to myself, I think I'm better off to stay home. To yeah, yeah, that's, it's not a pity party. We no, all, we, you know, it's, it's not even been two years for you, Trish. Uh, November fourteenth, it'll be two years for Trish, and. Uh, it was just four years for me with my son in February, and 13 years. My daughter actually died on Mother's Day 2002, and some years since it's fall on Mother's, Mother's Day again. Um, but, you know, the years that it doesn't, I, I have a really hard time losing two kids on, you know, Mother's Day period, like any other grieving parent. But actually losing one on that date really stinks. And uh, it, it doesn't matter how many years goes by. You, you change, you, you, you do things, but you do things differently. I mean, I, I write poetry. Like I said, I've got a poetry page. You can go to my uh, main page on Facebook, Peggy Esamanisi. I've got a few pages, and you can read some of my free poetry to express my feelings. And Because people just don't get it. it, it I don't, you know, it's been 13 years for Megan, 14 years for Mark, and and it just... Changes, yeah, I miss them every day. Um, it changes uh, your life forever, you know. Um, being intuitive, I know heaven's real. I also have a science page. It's called the same thing as my show, if you want to go to that. I, As you know, Trish, you've gotten signs. Most most people get signs. I've had people recently, again, write to me private. It's like, I don't want to tell anybody because they're going to think I'm crazy, but I get signs. But I don't want anybody to know. Come out about it. You know, we're not crazy. They treat us like we're crazy. They treat us like we're we're lunatics. You know, um, I've had proof. It's uh, not just telling you I'm an intuitive medium. You know, I read everybody here for free. I've yet to take any money for it. And you know, I use this gift to get you through grief. I I, I believe the Lord blessed me because the plan was already set up in place. That's how I believe God does things. And and to bring you closer. And it's all about the realness of heaven and and love and. You know, that's what I guess my purpose is. We all have purpose, you know. Is it hard? Yeah, it's hard as hell. It's hard as hell, even for me. The signs don't cut it sometimes, you know. I sit and I cry just like everybody else. Chris cries. Chris and I have cried together. We've laughed together, you know. And um, so that's why my show, I feel, is important. Don't you, Chris, that it's not just about grief or the signs, but it, we bring in spirituality to it, different religions. Um, I bring on authors. I bring on ministers. I bring on uh, psychologists, it's people from every walk of life. You know, we have music. We have entertainment at times. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of uh, diversified in what I do here on the show. Um, but the main purpose is getting you through grief, a place to come. So that's what it's about. Um, so... Where are you at now? You're you're not, you know. I, I if you go to my event page um, on Facebook, I do an event page. It gives you all the info how to get into the show, and I post some things that I find along the way, and let you know where you can find my book if you want. I'm not telling anybody about my book. I don't care. I mean, if you do, you do. It'll help you through it. Um, there's many books out there on grief, but 
one of the things I posted uh, this week was uh, about grief. The different there's no one set way to grieve, um, but there's the anger, the, the denial, and everybody says it takes five years to go through the whole process. Help, no. It's a forever process. Yeah, you go through some of the main processes the first few years or whatever. But being that you're not even two years into this, where are you at, Chris, right now? Where are you at? Well, I'm at a place where, you know, I guess what it is is I've realized that um, my life, uh, that I, you know, being pregnant almost a year, and then mm-hmm. he would, I had him 24 years. So 25 years of my life that I built, mm-hmm. you know, a family, a daughter and son, has pretty much been taken away in a blink of an eye. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, my son happened to be his story, you know. He left to go pick a friend up and tragically lost his life in a car accident. Um, right. And no matter how you lose, you know, you and I have discussed this, it doesn't matter how you lose your child, whether it be sick, whether it be, you know, a fatal illness. Yeah. I lost my brother to terminal illness. Um, watched him suffer for lots of years with his sugar diabetes since he was five. Right. And he was diagnosed very young and Jocelyn blessed But, you know, I watched a friend die of cancer, my dear friend, childhood friend, um, mm-hmm. very strong, healthy young girl, a rigor. You know, she did a job of a man. And yeah. And to be 83 pounds. So, you know, regardless of how a human being... Uh, you know how a parent or you loses a child. It really, yep. I don't really think that part's what matters. It's in the end, we all are missing our child. You know, it's, it's, and, that's it. That's what I've said. Even on my grieving, I also have grieving pages. And someone had come on, like I said, I don't mention names, and said, I guess her child had committed suicide, and she got on my page, and she says to me, and I don't get angry at people. I just kind of bite my tongue sometimes, but I let them know to the point. Suicide's worse than uh, than a child that's sick. I went through 38 years between two of my kids. They were 16 years that's apart. What I, no, 38 I'm years of sickness. Well, let me just finish, Chris. Six, 38 years of sickness, uh, IVs and TPNs and feeding tubes and nebulizers. I'm not taking away from anybody's child that died of suicide or a car accident or overdose. The ultimate, like you said, the the outcome is the death. That's what I... I'm well, here for. Do, I don't take away from anybody. Yours, Maybe your case. Either. Two of my nephews was a shock. Two of my I lost two nephews in the past two years, young, 28 and 32, to heroin overdose. All right, it doesn't matter how they die. The, the, it's what, my, yeah. what I try to tell people. We've lost our kids. I've got my story. You've got your story with Ryan. Yeah. My niece exactly. and my brother have their story with their kids. The shock, um, you know, somebody said to me, well, you didn't have the shock. Well, you know what? Until they it's die, whether they're sick or not, I'm not God. I, 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 you know, I'm, excuse me? I said, that's right. You had your child in you. The per- point, I think, is we all carry, our, especially moms, and I'm not saying dads mm-hmm. or anyone, but moms right. in particular, we have the maternal instinct because we carry them in us. And we pretty much, you know, they live and grow with us, and then we get I call it the band, Band-Aid syndrome. We all want to put the Band-Aid on the name. That was the right. first thing when I saw my daughter laid out. I looked at her laid out, and I said, I'm sorry, honey. I couldn't put the Band-Aid on this one. And I broke. Right. You know? And yeah. then I had to, yeah, at the time, my son, who's now deceased, uh, he was 13. And someone pointed out to me a couple of weeks ago, and I totally forgot, because when, when your kids die... 
at the funeral, people said, oh, I was there. I don't remember anything. God shuts the brain down. I don't remember who was there. I didn't care who was there. It was hard. I I was was, amnesia or whatever. But somebody, a friend of mine, a few weeks ago said to me, I'll never forget the day of your daughter's, um, actually, wake, that my son came with a skateboard. My youngest one is now deceased with the same illness. He watched his sister, who was 16 years older, like a second mom to him, die of the same illness he was dying of. And my son, I don't remember him saying this. My my friend pointed this out to me. My friend Judy said to me, Peg, I knew it broke my heart. He turned and he said to you that he couldn't go into the room where my daughter was laid out. He goes, Mom, please don't let this happen to me. (sighs) You don't know what that did. And when my friend told me this, I don't even remember him saying it, but I'm sure he did. And I have my own, you know, story. Like I said, you have your story with Ryan. People that have lost their kids to suicide have their story, but do not take away from the others. We all lost our children. We all have the story. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just want to tell people that, and and you know what? All those grieving parents, you know, there's a lot of us to try to help each other. Let's work together, okay? Let's not work against each other. Some seem to work against each other. The whole thing about that any comment of a person to say such a thing is mm-hmm. for one for one minute, right? Not only put yourself in our shoes, Mr. Whoever mm-hmm. didn't lose a child that has so much to say. But mm-hmm. how about the fact is not one of us I guarantee if I do a survey on every grieving site and said, Excuse me, do you wish you could have your child back? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And we got everyone to sign signatures. Do you think we'd fill the house or what? Of course we of would. Course. And so therefore, yep. it doesn't, like I said, don't, we can't, yep, we can't take one thing how over another. How dare them say there's such a thing? That's what I say to her. How dare them? Because mm-hmm. not one of us wants to be in this place. Not one of us. Nope. You know? Nobody does. And you really can't understand it. You can't assume them. You know, I've done probably close to 70 shows in the, almost two years now. I've done the the bucket challenges to you know ALS. Um, I have multiple sclerosis. Um, I had to have ALS, uh, you know, ruled out a few years ago because it's very much like MS. So I went through that scare. Had it since I was nine. Didn't get diagnosed until I was fifty. All right. My children had cystic fibrosis. I have multiple sclerosis, different illness. Okay. Um, I've done all kinds of shows. What not to say to grieving parents? What to say to grieving parents? Like I said, authors and. Famous people, TV personalities, what have you, what have you. We cover all kinds of things here, but the basic thing is about grief. So, um, some, you know, and my show is a teaching show, uh, education. Somebody had said, actually, a family member a few few months ago said to me, "How do you educate? How do you? What are you educating people about?" I said, "I'm educating people about how to talk to us, how to treat us. That's what the educate. How do you? What you say? How do you educate people about losing a kid?" You can't unless you do it. What I'm educating is how to treat us, you know, please. I mean, you know, I get treated many times like I'm some kind of a moron or or something's wrong with me. And that just annoys the hell out of me. I'm not stupid. I'm not crazy. I'm a grieving mom, just like you guys. Intuitive medium or not, like I said. You know, I have the same emotions you have. People come on my – let me just finish first. People – and I don't mean to be rude. I just want to finish or I lose my train of thought here. Um – I have the same feelings as everybody else. Some people come on my Facebook sometime and bash me, other grieving mothers. And it's like, you're this, you're fake, you're this, you're that. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I do all this volunteer. I don't ask anybody for anything. I hurt just as much as you twice over. I've lost two children in eight years, okay, 22 and 28. 
Why are you bashing me? Why are you hurting me? Why are you trying to hurt me? Nothing can hurt me any worse than this, okay? Nothing. I'm just like the rest of you. So I don't know what the hell's wrong with people, why they do this. Don't take your anger, please, out of me. I'm here for you, not against you. Don't bash me. Don't treat me like crap. I'm a person, too, and I'm also a grieving mom, you know, and I think it's really wrong. And it's happened on me to me more than one occasion. Some people do it that haven't lost kids and do it because they're sick of hearing me. You know, they say, like, oh, yeah, I know you got a book, and I know you've lost kids. You put it on your your Facebook all the time. Well, then get the hell off my Facebook. Go, go mind your own business. Go on with your life. You know what I'm saying? I actually had one woman that I grew up with. You saw it uh, right, right before Christmas say to me. How do you know I didn't lose a kid? Well, Facebook goes two ways, sweetheart. I grew up with you. I see that you have one kid. Any woman that has lost or any per, any parent that has lost a kid will post something about them. You have one son, okay? Okay. How? What the hell is wrong with people? I don't get them. I just don't get them. And another thing is, like I said, I've done shows about um, what to say, like I said, and what not to say. And one of the biggest things that pisses me off, and you know what, I don't use the F word, uh, please do not use it on my show ever, it happened a couple weeks ago, that's wrong, don't use it on my show, you wouldn't use it on yours, don't use it on mine, okay, I come sometimes get, say, pissed off or crap or something like that, you know, I'm not perfect, but respect me, okay, um, you, you heard that too, and a lot of people got very upset, it wasn't me, people, I've already told the person not to use that kind of language on my show, but anyhow, one of the things that ticks me or pisses me off, and we can say that on my show, is when people will say, because I have two other kids that, that are alive, and it's like, well, you have other kids. So my famous statement is, which one of yours would you trade in? My two other kids, yes. They're not Megan Mark. I had four kids. I'm not going to do a trade-off between my other kids. Of course I love my other kids. Not, they don't always love me, and I'm just like any other mom. But don't tell me because I have other kids I'm supposed to forget my ones that have passed on for crying out loud. So go back to my archives. All my shows are archived for the past two years. Go scroll through it um, at Signs Your Loved One Send Us, Peggy S. Amanisi. Listen to some of my shows. They're all usually about two hours. And see if um, we're, I'm trying to educate people, too, help people through grief and educate. So I'm sorry. I just had to get that point across. I just wanted to make that clear to people tonight, Trish. I'm sorry. That's okay. But, I went through something that funny you should mention that because um, a certain person that I've known since mm-hmm. I was quite young, actually, um, when I lost my son very short after, thereafter, she yeah. made a comment to me, well, at least you have your daughter and grandchildren um, to keep you busy and <laughs> to, to keep you busy and to keep, you know, going. Yeah. And I honestly can tell you. I, at the time... Don't mind me, I'm biting dinner in between here because I was a little late with dinner because of the rain, so excuse me. (laughs) That's right. I was very new to my grief, okay, this evening. Yeah, I just started Mm -hmm. my grieving road. And I got so, if you can say pissed off, I can say it pissed off. I Mm -hmm. got so pissed off. You want to talk pissed off? I literally, I feel like I, like, bit her head off because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how dare you? Mm Because I just at that point thought... Oh, my poor son, like, you're comparing my children, like, they're not two different individuals and two different souls and two different, you know, spiritual human beings while on earth. Well, you know what the thing is, Chris, they do do that to all of us, and and it's wrong. That's the part of my my education comes in. I can get really deep with this. Now, growing up, right, 
The one thing mm-hmm. that they'll always tell you, my mom has, you know, my mom and sister were very big into, like, you know, our uh, master's degree, you know, psychology and stuff. Now, seriously, right. the one thing that you learn, right, I know I have always learned one thing. You never compare your children growing up because there's always different children. If you have ten mm-hmm. kids, right yep. or wrong, you don't compare them. And you and I, came, you came from seven, I came from six kids. Right, you, you, exactly. No, no children, the world different. Right, and I might be, for instance, I, my two kids, my son was a superb, major, wonderful athlete. My daughter mm-hmm. was a, didn't do good in athletics, but my mm-hmm. daughter was a super book-smart student where my son liked school and friends and sports more than he did the books. So everybody's right. different, and yep. you don't compare. Now, it's no different than somebody saying to you, well, you still have, be glad you still have your daughter and your grandkids. Yes, I'm well mm-hmm. aware I have my daughter, um, but the thing is I don't have my son, and how are you comparing one child for another? Like, they were both my children, yeah. daughter and son. I had one of each. I was blessed. And now mm-hmm. I'm living without my only son, whether it's been my only daughter. It wouldn't have mattered. That's so. My, yeah. that's not, my family was divided in half, right? Like right. yourself, you lost half of yours because you Yeah, I lost, lost, I lost my only daughter. Right? I had one daughter. One that's daughter and three I sons. I lost my youngest child, which was my son, three sons. And my only daughter, who's the oldest, and people got to realize too, Trish. I I just want to get a point too, that I yeah I had I have four kids. I have I still have. They're just on the other side. But one of the other things you don't know my situation either. Um, I've been alienated with some of the people in my family, including very close people. Uh, Sometimes our other children don't bother with us. Uh, That happens. I'm not going to go into my own situation. You don't know my situation. Don't, it doesn't make me feel any better. You know, I I can understand sometimes, too, because they have their own demons, the kids to deal with. Um, in my case, my two other boys watched two kids that were really sick most of their lives, and a lot of mom's time was spent at hospitals and doctors and blah, 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 blah. And they lost out. They lost out on a lot. So they're, they're, sometimes the other kids lash out at you. Sometimes the grandchildren lash out. Sometimes then the families go on, and in my daughter's case, she had two children, and the families go on and remarry, and then you get alienated because they're so busy in the new life with the new stepmom or stepfather or whatever. I'm not telling my whole situation. Sometimes you're alienated. You don't even see your grandkids. You know, so you don't know my situation. Don't tell me because I got grandkids because I got other kids because you don't know me and you don't know what else I'm going through. Okay, that's all. I'm not going to get into my personal life. I'm just saying. And it's not just me. I'm talking for everyone. We're not. Right. We don't always see our grandchildren, you know. So we don't always yeah. see our other kids. So don't tell me you don't know. You just don't know is what I'm saying. Trish, I want you to finish your statement. And I have other people that want to talk. So let's let's okay. you know, and well, I'll bring you back. Well, I mean, I'll leave I you lost, on anyhow. What I was going to say to you is, before I lost um, my only son, I had like Ryan had lost a friend in a car accident. He was in, but he mm-hmm. didn't uh, pass for a couple years later due to complications. And mm-hmm. I can recall, like, you know, because it was a family in town that had a lot of boys, and I remember going and bringing, like, some lasagna and different things to the family, and all I said was, right. like, I can't remember. Like, I was not, I wasn't, um, I was new to knowing, like, somebody that even passed so close as my son's friend, okay? Right. I lost friends very young myself, but the thing is, is, all I remember is I said only as little as possible, which is, if you need anything, I'm here. And yep. that's all I said, because I couldn't say to them, 
I know how there you feel. There is no feel, word. I didn't, no, you know? I don't. And I didn't say, oh, I hate well, that. hey, I hate that. this one family in particular had five other sons. I believe they had six, but now they still have five. Hey, well, at least you have five more sons. Now, That's wrong not- answer. Oh, oh, no. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to. Sorry, sorry. That's not right. Ridiculous. That's like yep. five other sons don't make up for that one son. That's the bottom line. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, like I said, I, uh, I'm the same way because you don't know my situation. You don't know how close I would not want to be. But sometimes, um, in my own scenario, I've, like I said, I lost a brother and sister to cancer. Both parents, aunts and uncles, grandpa. I've lost a whole slew of people. Okay. I know the feelings. The different. uh, Well, I'm just. Let me finish, honey. I know the different types of grief. I don't take away anybody's grief from losing a parent or a sibling or what I've done that and in nine months I lost my boys lost their father four months later their grandfather their father's father and then four months four and a half months later their brother three generations in nine months three months later my sister-in-law 44 years my brother's wife so in a year we lost four significant people if you get to know me see my Facebook I've lost many many I know the other kinds of grief, and I do grieve for my parents and my husband and my father-in-law, and he was a tough one. But I do care. You know, that was my kid's grandfather. And my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, so many, my nephews. But grieving my own two children, the worst. I'm sorry. I'm not taking nothing away from anyone. You've lost siblings, too. You know what I'm saying. You've lost siblings, too. And And I tried to understand my other kids. I have one at home, one that lives many miles away in another state, and I don't get to see him. And um, kind of going on his way with his life, and I'm not going to push it. I'm here, you know. I'm here. I've been there, been there when you need me, you know. And well, that um, also makes it hard on the siblings. Like for instance, my brother was sick. Like your two boys that you know you still have watched their my, siblings. Yeah, now, yeah. That right. makes it hard, not just on you as a mom, like it was for my mom. But it's also hard on siblings because they also feel cheated in life exactly. of their siblings. Then they have to watch them sick, like your, their siblings, your children. My brother mm-hmm. was very sick himself. So you now are watching right. people that you wish you could do something for and you can't help them, you can't yep. save them. It's the most torturous thing. So nobody knows all the what you put up with it or what you had to live or what those kids Hell suffered. Hell no. Not, e- not even your other children at times. My other children have gotten mad at me and... I, they still, you know, and it's like, you weren't there for me. I tried. I, I'm, You know, I don't pretend to be Wonder Woman or Superwoman or the Bionic Woman. I, I did the best I could. I feel terrible. And if you read my book, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug, you'll see. I pour all my heart out in that book. Am I a great writer? No. I talk. I talk. I'm a, you know, talker. I never set out to be a writer, but I get to the point from the signs in my book, and it's not pushing my book, but... Letting you know who I am and and the signs and what I felt and other things I've been through in life. It covers a lot in a two-hour read that took me seven years to write and a whole lifetime to live. You know, I don't claim to be, you know, even though it's a bestseller, I don't make much money. It's not about the money. It's about getting the word out, you know. And um, it's really not. If you're going to write a book for the money, hope you're on the best time, uh, New York Times bestseller list because that's where you make it, I guess. But we don't make money on them. It costs me money, actually. And... um, but I poured my heart out trying to explain all this, everything, even through an episode of a DWI I got. I'm human, too. I made a big mistake after my sister died. I got a DWI, 50-some years old. I poured my heart out, and, okay, this is what I did, and this is how I've changed. Um, 
have I made mistakes? Yes. Do I still make mistakes? Hell yeah. You know, I don't pretend to be, you know, super angel here. I'm not. I got a good heart, but I still make mistakes. I'm human. So I just wanted to let the listeners know we're human. We make mistakes. We swear. You know, we love our God, God, but doesn't mean words don't slip out once in a while. I apologize, everybody, myself personally, because I just made a big mistake and I slipped right off the tongue. That's okay. You know what? It's okay. But some people I can come out and say it sometimes me. intentionally to say it, so that that's a difference. So don't you worry know, about it, Fresh. Sorry, but I tell you, it's just the fact is that, like you said, no one knows your life or what you lived in between the loss of your children. No, nope. or, or after, or after. And you have so much yep. more. Like mine, I was grateful to have a happy, very healthy boy that was a strong six foot two hundred and thirty pounds, very, you know, full of life. But still for me, he left and was coming right back and didn't and I get told my son's gone and to me that was uh, uh ripping my world out from under me, you know. Exactly. Like I said it's the bottom all, line. That's the bottom line. All of our worlds have been ripped out from under us. Yeah, really, we're been taken out. Every one of us. Every bottom one of well, us Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold. We still got about an hour and a half left. Well, you'll okay. be talking again. Actually, I'll just leave you on. And I have another caller from 423 that wants to talk. Um, let me see what they want to talk about. For uh, First three numbers are 423, 4356. Hello, caller. Hello. 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 Hey, it's Serena from Tennessee. Who is it? Serena. Hi, Serena from Tennessee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How can I help you, sweetheart? I was told about your program, and I was calling to see if you were picking up anything on me. Oh, you mean as far as signs? Well, tonight, well, you know what? Some shows I do it, most of the shows I do readings and what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. If they come through, I'm not one, a true medium, intuitive, doesn't look for them. If they come to me, that's God's uh, plan. Uh, something may come through, but do you want to share a little bit of your story, or did you lose a child, or? Yes, ma'am. I've lost. Did you lose I've a daughter? Lost, well, I don't know, because I've lost five in miscarriage and one infant lost. Oh, you lost and five altogether? I lost six altogether. Oh my gosh! How old was your infant? He was nine weeks old. Oh my gosh, was it Sid? No, it was the MRSA staff and meningitis. The hospital didn't oh my. treat him for infections oh that they knew he had. I'm getting a. Okay, uh, people, bear with me. I'm picking up on a William with you. Who's William? I don't know. Um, do you have a pencil and paper, hon? Because I, I'm only as good as the messages I get from the other side. You know, I don't pick these names out of my head. You need to write them down. You don't need to. I wish you would, because it may not mean something now, but there may be some connection there who's giving me information or whatever, or somebody on this side. But I'm getting the name William. William? Okay. William. William, like Bill. Yep. Okay. Did you have an uncle, William? Uh, Grandfather, William? Great-grandfather, William? No, not that I know of. A friend on the other side, maybe, by that name? Just yes or no, no. you know, just no. not, not that you know, okay. Last just name, write the name down, because some, oh, go ahead, honey, go ahead. Last, uh, last name was uh, was a maiden name of hers, of my husband's, well, about to be ex-husband, 
grandmother was her maiden name was William. Her maiden name was Williams? Yeah, Williams. Okay, well, there we go. It doesn't have to be a first name. Okay. Yeah. There's your answer. That's who's, And they're on the other side? Yeah. Okay, they that's who's coming her. through then. We buried her. We buried her nine days before he died. Okay, and her last name was Williams. Yeah. Okay, well, there. that's who's coming through then. And that was your husband's grandmother, he said? I'm sorry? Yes. Okay. All right. That's. I just want to tell people when I read you, it doesn't mean it's a first name. It could be a last name. It could be a friend that's over here or another relative. I'm not just picking. Everybody's got a William somewhere, but it's significant because it was your husband's grandmother's last name, and he, she died nine months after him or nine before days. him, you said? Nine days. Nine days. Before he did. Wow. Yes. Okay. I am picturing. They're showing me a picture of... Um, I can't explain how I do this. I don't even know. I'm seeing a picture of river, river, somebody fishing by a river or a creek. Does that mean anything to you? He died. We lived in a trailer park near the river. Did he fish in the creek? No, I went and sat there a lot. You sat there a lot. Okay, it doesn't mean fishing. I'm just after seeing a creek died. in water. After he died, okay. yeah. Okay, all right. I'm seeing the creek. You're from where, Tennessee? Yes. Okay. All right. I am seeing, let me see what else I can get for you. These are messages, so so it's obviously the grandmother coming through. Um, red lips, red lipstick. Who wears the big red, who has the big red lips, the red lipstick? What's that about? Someone really in very... Very vain, very into makeup and, you know, but kind of, it's almost, I'm seeing almost like a clown with the big red lips or, you know what it could be, too? something to do with Halloween. You know, the big, um, back in the day, I was born in 53, they used to have these um, these red, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Halloween. Foam. The big, big It'll lips. The big cousin. lips. With, my cousin okay, died what about Halloween died. with your cousin? My cousin what died about of it? suicide on Halloween. Okay, there there we go. There we go. Because I was seeing like Halloween, yeah. dressing up for Halloween. There you go. So your cousin died on Halloween. Okay, so now we've got Williams coming through, coming through with someone, your cousin that died on Halloween. It was a male that died on Halloween? It was a female. Okay. All right. I'm not always right, but I'm seeing seeing the male. The male must be your your husband died, you said, right? So it must be your husband here, too. Um, hold on a second. Let me see what I'm getting. Sylvia. Sylvia. The name's Sylvia. Does that mean anything to you? Sylvia? Sylvia? No. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry? No. I've not. Okay, write, write it down, hon. Write it down. Like I said, write it down because, uh, you know, you can ask around within your group and all of a sudden it'll pop up because they give me things for validations, Okay. I'm seeing Sylvia and Williams, like I said, the Williams name we got, too. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's see what else I'm getting here. Straw hats, scarecrow. What does that mean? Did somebody have a farm with a scarecrow, straw hats, something something with that? I'm seeing that as clear as day. Like, you know, the scarecrow they would put in corn or corn, like a farmland? Okay, tell me about that. My grandmother wore them gardening in the house. I'm sorry? I'm sorry? 
my husband's grandmother wore them when she was gardening. Oh, straw hats. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. And that's the one, Williams? It's the house we live in right now, yes. And that's, okay, you live in Williams' house right now. I'm sorry, I got I to hear your validation to see if I'm validating I it. I said yes. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Well, that's, uh, I guess, your message to, to let you know they are around. Um, the children, like you said, you've lost six altogether. Um, wow. Well, did you have um, a lot of tubal issues, uh, something with the one ovary or something with the tubal, um, I have, tubal pregnancies? Uh, no, never tubal pregnancies. I got pregnant with my tube child, with my youngest son. That's what I'm that getting. Died. I'm getting something with the tubals. Okay, there you go. Say yeah. the validation Yeah, my again. tubes were tied right. when I got pregnant with him. Okay. Say that's I what I was getting, something tubal. So I just kind of... Yep. They give me stuff like it's kind of like um, I hear certain things, but we have to kind of put the puzzle together. But I was hearing tubal, so I'm thinking maybe a tubal pregnancy. But your tubes are tied, so all right. Well, yeah, just know, honey, um, they are all around you. They're they're all around you, okay. Yeah. And being that you live in the yeah, grandma's house, why well, the name Williams came through, and because uh, I've never met you, and a lot of people think I stage this stuff. I mean, I've never talked to you before, right? You've never called into the no. show before. No, I've never okay. called before. Okay, well, honey, you know what's real, well, okay? Chris because told me to call. Oh, okay, that cool. I, we cool. just got closed, honestly. Okay, okay. Actually, my friend Chris is on the line. Is it the same Chris? Yeah, yeah. A Chris? Same Chris. Hey, am I here too? Yeah, this is your friend. Yeah, Serena. I told you that. Um, oh, I, I don't. I didn't know that. I didn't realize. I, I swear yeah. to God, I swear to you, I didn't know that. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Right, so I'm gonna have her call in. Cause I think yeah. Wow. Wow. So, well, pretty good validation. What do you think, Chris? You see how I do my readings, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, sweetheart. I'm going to put you on hold. I hope I kind of validated something. You know, we don't always give. Sometimes I'm right on and I give specifics, but yeah, pretty but much right on. The, the names I gave you. Chris are trying to get justice for our children. Oh, I understand. Mom was killed by a hospital. And do you see anything with justice for her? That why, honey? Do you see any justice coming for her son? Do you have, um, how many years has it been? It's been quite a while, huh? It's been a year and a half. Oh, you just lost a child a year and a half ago? Almost two years. Oh, okay, because you know the, um, I'm not getting into the legal things, but the statute of limitation, I think it's three years, right? Have you got it in Uh, in litigation, Ram? Here for a malpractice case is one year, but it's not a malpractice case. It's a gross negligence homicide case. Okay. All right. Well, I, I so think um, there will be justice. I think um, God kind of works in your favor. Not kind of. God yeah. works in your favor. You just got to keep on it. Okay, honey? Yeah, I'm trying. Okually, okay, darling. I'm, I'm well, glad you called in. Actually, my, um, I'm moving out tomorrow. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Well, honey, you know, I wish you the best, and I hope, you know, at least you got some kind of validation here. You know, yeah. I mean, we did come through with your where you're living in the last name, and I swear, I had no idea that you were friends of Twitch. I, I swear, yeah. I swear. Well, so, I didn't know other than I said I was going to have a few friends possibly call it. Well, you're, you're, yeah. you know what? You, um, 
you know that your angels are around you, okay? And they're working in your oh, favor. Yeah. And I say, yeah, I know. just keep praying, honey, because um, prayers, do, prayers do get answered, okay? You hang in there, okay? Okay, All right. okay God bless you, sweetheart. Good night. Okay, you. you can hold on and listen to the rest of the show if you want. Okay, sweetheart. All right. Bye-bye. Nice talking to you. God bless. You too. Thank you. Um, Kevin's on the uh, coming in now, so I'm going to bring Kevin on the air, our Baptist deacon and author. Hello, Peggy. Hi, Kev. Hi, Kev. How are you? We had a little delay there. Hold on a second. I'm eating potato salad in between because I didn't get a chance to eat dinner. <laughs> and I just gripped potatoes all over my computer. No, gosh. So how are you, Kev? Well, very good. Uh, just this is the first show where I wasn't in on the beginning because of time differences now. <laughs> right. But uh, I'm glad, glad to be on in any event. Well, Kevin, um, I had my friend Trish. Um, she called in. She kind of co-hosted until you came on. And she actually had a friend call in to ask questions, and I gave her a reading, and I pretty much was gave her some validation. Um, and um, let's tell um, – let's. you've been on the show a few times, uh, Kevin. And you know what the show's about tonight. Let's um, give a briefing on who's Kevin Schobel. Okay. Well, for those who haven't heard before, I am the author of the book, The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, which is a scriptural proof that psychic and medium gifts are from the Lord and that because he has given them to us, he has a special purpose for our lives. Um, as far as uh, my relationship here with uh, Peggy and the show Science Our Loved Ones Send Us. I first came on just a little over a year ago for the first time, and it was following the uh, period of, you know, I was a period of mourning for my friend Melanie who passed away in March, and it was on the 1st of July that I met up with Peggy. And um, as much as I, I had other deaths in the past, it was my first time to actually experience it with a lot more of the... Mm-hmm of the sorrow or grief that I didn't have in in some of the previous deaths and you had come along to basically help me understand and to understand what the grieving process was and that it was very normal and at the same time um, you and I both knew Mark Ireland I think uh, he was your guest the week I first heard of you and we talked about how he was the first one to kind of give me some insight into the signs that Melanie was leaving uh, for me to see and make me aware of these things. And, of course, between you and I, um, you and she both lost a daughter at approximately age of 29. You both Mm -hmm. were born as medium. You both were raised in the Episcopal Church. You both served the Lord with your gift. And, And as I said, you know, in that first show, you know, it was almost like if Melanie could have been a talk show host, she would have been you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a lot of um, synchronicities, Melanie and I. And uh, let's also state, I think I've told people, you're an ordained uh, Baptist deacon, uh, taught Sunday school and, 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 and the the Bible to people, um, and, and been in the pulpit. Um, so, and you have a second book coming out now, which, thank you, you put me in it. Thank you very much. Chapter 24, I think. I don't remember exactly, but 29 or something, um, about how I came into your life. And thank you for making me part of your, your life and part of your book and part of Melanie's book. Thank you. Thank oh, you. You're quite welcome. Yeah, the, the book is about Melanie's life and how she lived it as a Christian, fully serving the Lord, and as a medium, mm-hmm. bringing comfort right. to others by bringing their loved ones through and to the day she passed, she, she fully obeyed the Lord in every which way. And so this book is to show to others 
I, I know that you probably don't need to read this because you, you live the same kind of life. You live to where you serve the Lord to the letter and bring through loved right. ones. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. for those who this may sound like a strange concept, um, they should read it when it comes out before saying, you know, a Christian can't be a medium or that a medium can't be a Christian because um, when the Lord provides the gift, uh, yep. it's because of his purpose. There's nothing satanic or evil behind it, provided that mm-hmm. it's a gift that the Lord has given, even if it's from birth, and that he intends yep. for it to be put for his glory. Exactly, and I, you know that. I think you've known me well enough by now because I... I'm going to be 62 and had the gift since I was a child, probably born with it. I think born with it. I was always different. And um, things happening from really came out at nine after a bout with encephalitis, which was the beginning of my MS. But I can remember back as a year and a half, two years old, things happening. And what did I know at that age? I just thought it was normal. And then as I got older, I thought I was crazy. But came out to the public on the show. Uh, friends over the years knew I had something. People really close to me, they just thought, you're just a freak, you know, you're freaking weird. You know, but I would come out with stuff like, how do you know this? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It was just freaky to me, you know. We would call it deja vus or whatever, all types of, ty- you know, um, labels to it. But I'm not afraid of it anymore. And you were the one being that you were, you are, a, a, you know, Baptist deacon. And being in the church and telling me it's okay to be like this, it's like a gift from the Lord. I didn't look for it. He gave it to me. And it was my gift to uh, help others and bring them closer to him. Kevin, so now we're going to get a little bit on the subject of what the show is about tonight. Um, did you, you sent me something last night. We did talk briefly on Facebook privately um, about Joel Olstein's book from 2004. Um, do you have your your thing in front of you now to talk about this, or um, I do have I know that. You're... I just okay. I, I always I always anticipate that anything could happen, so I went ahead and made sure you had a copy. But I do have one in front of me. Well, uh, Kevin, well, read it or however improvise or however you want to do it. Um, let's talk about it from the get go. Um, this really was an uproar to the community of grieving grieving people, especially grieving parents mostly. And um, hold on a second. My cat, I'm trying to let him out. Hold on. <laughs> he can't go outside. He's been being attacked by another cat in the neighborhood. It's been brutal. It's been horrible. So I'm trying to cater to him as I'm doing this here. Um, excuse me. I have a normal life in between if you want to call it normal. <laughs> but, Kevin, tell, tell us what you know about what, what Joel said and, and what you read about it and what have you. Well, as you probably know from me being an author of the kind of book I've written, I don't like to go off of secondhand material. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I did last night, I did several searches on Joel Osteen grieving parents and things like that until I found the fact that it was originally a blog post that Joel Osteen did call Let Go of the Ashes on August 29, 2014. I've seen reports that he's included it in an upgrade of his book, Your Best Life Now, but here's the original that I found. And it begins, well, for those who have not heard it, here it is. I know a man that lost his wife over 10 years ago. She was killed in an automobile accident. It was a very tragic situation. Of course, there's the normal period for grieving. That's part of the healing process. That's the way God Mm -hmm. made us. But some 10 years later, this man was still grieving. He let a season of mourning turn into a lifetime of mourning. He ended up a very bitter, angry man. What happened? He was holding on to the ashes. God wanted to give him beauty, but because he wouldn't let go of the old, he couldn't receive the new. 
The enemy right. would love for you to spend your whole life sitting in the ashes, bitter over a relationship that didn't work out, angry over a job you didn't get, feeling sorry for yourself because of a loved one who died. It's time to turn those ashes loose. If you went through a divorce, let it go. God has somebody better in your future. If you weren't treated right growing up, let it go, and God will make it up to you. Quit mourning over what you cannot change. If God wanted you to have that position you didn't get, you would have it. Shake off the mm-hmm. self-pity. Shake off the disappointment. The Apostle Paul put it this way, Forgetting what lies behind, I strain toward what lies ahead. The word strain indicates it's going to take effort. If you go through a bad break or loss, the easy thing to do is sit around and talk about how bad life is treating you. But if you're going to keep moving forward, you've got to have a strong will. You've got to rise up like Paul and say, that's it. I'm not holding on to these ashes. I know that what's in my future is greater than what's in my past. So I am pressing forward into the life of blessing God has in store for me, unquote. So anyway, um, I'll share with you what I did. You know, this... This is how I work in approaching any Bible topic. As you know, that for the past year, most of my uh, times I've been on your show, I deal with the proof that psychic gifts are from the Lord. Now I'm shifting mm-hmm. gears to what does the Bible say about grieving the loss of a loved one? So I said, okay. Right. My, my first process was to go to a word search. Uh, my favorite for this is BibleGateway.com. And I put in the words mm-hmm. grieve. Grief, grieving, and mourn, which would also pick up mourning. And out of that, I got, out of the various forms of grief, I got 70 hits from Genesis to Revelation, and the word mourn and mourning got me 145 hits. So anyway, I began to look at these, and I thought very few of these, approximately one-fourth of them, really dealt with grieving for a loved one or, uh, you know, someone such as a mother, father, child, relative of it, you know, in their death. Most of them dealt mm-hmm. with grieving for a condition, grieving for a calamity, grieving for your sins, such as when Paul said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He wasn't talking about right. one of us dying for him. Mm-hmm. But, and there was also exceptions where, for example, that the Lord said, you know, do not mourn for Saul because I rejected him as king over Israel in 1 Samuel 16.1. Saul hadn't died. It was talking about mourning for Saul for God's rejection of his kingship. So these mm-hmm. were the kind of things I had to weed out and say, okay, um, what's going on as I'm looking at all these scriptures and the Holy Spirit put right into my brain, and this is how it comes to me, just like when things come to you as a medium, Peggy, was the words, mm-hmm. I will wipe every tear from their eye. And what came to me right. from knowing and having taught the Bible so much, I thought it's in Revelations 20 or 21 or something like that. And I turned, and sure enough, the Bible had Revelation twenty one three through four. God Himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And from that, it just crossed my mind as I looked back over many of these scriptures I just pulled up. I thought, out of the ones where we're talking about grief, sorrow, uh, grieving, mourning, that when we're talking about a loved one, the one that takes away the grief, mourning, or sorrow, every instance is the Lord. There is not one single verse in the Bible where we are commanded to get over it. 
if it's mm-hmm. dealing with the death of a loved one. Every instance, right. I pulled up six scriptural examples, or there may be more for lack of time, and I'll read some of these to you. That'll be great. In, in Psalm 30, verse 11, uh, the psalmist reads, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. Again, it's not saying I did it myself. He's saying this directed at the Lord. Isaiah right. 35:10. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. It says it will disappear. It didn't say that they got over it or that they looked at something mm-hmm. or they were convinced that they were wrong in mourning. Because right. the very, very familiar Beatitude, Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It may be in the mm-hmm. passive voice, but the intention here is that it's God that's going to do the comforting. Right. John sixteen twenty. This is the instance where Jesus is telling his disciples that he has to go to the cross. And mm-hmm. so he's saying, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve, right. but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. What, mm-hmm. turned, what turned it to wonderful joy? It was seeing him alive again, feeling him, touching him, being able to watch him eat fish, watch him be able to touch things, to be able to put your finger in the nail-scarred hand. It was not, you know, get over it type things. Right. And, in other and words, then, of course, I... I think yeah, what your message is, in layman's terms, uh, what I'm getting from it, if, maybe I'm wrong, but kind of like how I've turned my lemons to lemonade, as I call it, where, of course, I'm going to grieve and mourn my children and miss them, but I've taken this pain and I've directed it to helping others bring them closer to the Lord, you know, letting them know by the signs that their loved ones are still around, not here uh, in the flesh, but they are still around and waiting for us. Is, is that, you know, how does that sound as far as layman's term, you know? What do you well, it, here's what I did as part of the research last night, and you can see for yourself that, you know, what is basically grief is sadness caused by a loss of tragedy, but then mourning right. is a display of grief caused by a, a loss or tragedy. So the fact is, the difference between grief and mourning, you have mm-hmm. grief over Meg and Mark, but mm-hmm. you don't mourn, so, you know, in other words, that you're in, in constant sorrow. You, you, you know mm-hmm. that Meg and Mark are not going to come home for Christmas, they're not going to come home for dinner, there's always that emptiness that will be in your heart till the day you're reunited with them in the kingdom of the Lord. But for right. now, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, that's a fact. I do live with that. Right. I do feel yeah. that. But I'm not going to go around with a display of mourning. I'm going to have a show called Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us. I'm going to do the toy drives around Mark's birthday. I'm going to um, be there for those with cystic fibrosis children I am going to take an active role in turning that into what God called me to do. Right. But it doesn't exactly. mean that you erase the grief. It does not mean that you get no. rid of it. It just means that you you downplay the mourning in favor of being there for others you mourn. That's beautiful, Kevin. Thank you for explaining that. Thank you. And I uh, like maybe we'll hopefully figure sure that. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Why did this? To, to take the scripture that Mr. Osteen said in that blog, 
when he, you know, he said, forgetting what lies behind, I strain toward what lies ahead. That is actually Philippians 3.13. But what he mm-hmm. did was he took that completely out of context when he said that it's, you know, you know, having to deal with loss of a loved one, what it really dealt with, and I will not take the showtime on reading it. You know, anybody can go to Philippians chapter 3 in their Bible, but Paul was talking about his religious achievements in Judaism and how mm-hmm. he counted all of that as loss compared to an intimate knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ after becoming mm-hmm. saved. And so the, the things that he left behind was the religious accomplishments. Straining toward what lies ahead was to know Christ better and better, not mm-hmm. to put aside a loved one and forget them. So that was taken exactly. completely out of context to fit a, a blog post. And I, you know, this is what I call in my own book, Misapplied Scripture. You may have read that where somebody, well, in my original book, I took the scripture from Second Corinthians 13, where it says that, mm-hmm. you know, even Satan can masquerade as an angel of light, and how they mm-hmm. take it to say that every supernatural being you encounter is actually a disguised demon. You know, it's the right. same kind of misapplication of Scripture that Mr. Steen has said here. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody that tells so you that the Bible like, then Even that. with us that are, are intuitive, we you've got to test the spirits because they're not all what light. You know, I feel that uh, how I test it, if it's, if I'm bringing people comfort, then it's of the Lord. If I'm not bringing people comfort, then it's of the dark. You know, it's kind of like you have shows on TV and um, uh, like uh, all of the haunted houses and it's demons and stuff. That stuff is not of what I feel is what I do. People, they, they seem to categorize anybody who's an intuitive or a medium in that category that I've had even people call me that know about me because, you know, words out, they know me, and uh, about haunted uh, asylums and stuff. They want me to go on a ghost hunt. I said, that's not what I do. I'm not a priest. I've had people call me about entities, uh, dark energy they feel in their homes. Can you come up? No, I can't. That's not, I'm not a ghost chaser. That's not what I do. People seem to stereotype uh, people when they hear the word intuitive or medium that I'm uh, uh, I'm going to do an exorcism or I'm going to get rid of the ghost or that's not what I do. Why do you think people do this? I mean, that's that's kind of along the, the testing the spirit type of thing. That's not it's what I do. It's kind of along that it's kind of along that line of thought of generalizing. In other words, they say, okay, mm-hmm. you're psychic. That means you read minds, predict the future, and you have visions. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. No, my life. My wife does none of the three, and you know she's a psychic. Right. You know, right. Her, her gift is that she reads crafts. She also uh, has predicted death, you know, based on a visual. Um, mm-hmm. And she's also been able to, I, I, I will call it this way, to be able to experience paintings or drawings of all five senses. Um, right. These are things that don't fit the norm, but the fact is that because the world tends to generalize. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the problem with a lot of the mm-hmm. ones that bash psychics is they say, oh, what the heck, psychic ability, witchcraft, oh, so what, it's all the same. No, it's I'm not. not you know, that, I hate when they do that. I'm not into Wickham. I'm not into any of this. I'm not a, I'm not into, um, I'm not a pagan. You know, I, I've been, people have bashed me. I'm like, no, I'm Episcopalian. I still am Episcopalian. I believe, believe in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray every day more than once a day, 
I have a gift. Uh, like I tell people, like the one lady came on the show, well, I'd like to see what you can do. And well, I don't go looking for them. That's why I, I've been kind of hesitant about doing the private readings because I only take what the Lord gives me. And I don't feel – but you know what? Anybody that calls in usually gets a reading anyhow. So I, maybe because I have to like believe more in myself still. I'm still kind of in the embryonic stage of it maybe, and even though I'm, I'm a 62, but as far as coming out to the public. But I, I'm usually right on with things. You know, I mean, not perfect, but it's pretty true, close. You know, you know? That's one of the reasons I wrote wrote the book on Melanie because she does tell the story, and I I took her mm-hmm. words literally, just cleaned them up for punctuation. But where she told the story that she was asked by a rather wealthy woman where a painting was that was given to her mm-hmm. father by the prince of some country, and that it's worth millions or whatever like that. And mm-hmm. Melanie thought, oh, she says, that's not what I do. She said, I am a medium. <laughs> But if you want to hear from your mother, she's standing in front of you. And and so, you know, she was saying, you know, we're like doctors. You know, you're not yeah. going to have a podiatrist and a heart specialist, you know, doing the same thing, but they're both the same MDs. category. Exactly. Yeah, like I have many people... My my show is called, like you know, Signs of Love One Send Us, and I, I kind of push the issue that it's mostly for grieving parents. And I've had people come on... Chris, you're still there, right? Trish? I think she's still on. I don't know if she's got me on mute or whatever. Okay. Like, uh, we've had people come on the show. Well, I really haven't lost any, but I had one fellow come on, and and I don't take it away about your animals or whatever. He goes, I lost my kitty cat. And I'm like, what? You know, and I don't take that away. I I love my animals, but, you know, I I wasn't going (laughs) to... make fun of that or whatever. It's just like, this is not what I do. I'm not bringing your kitty cat through. You know, this guy was like in his 50s or something, and I'm like, is this a joke? You know, read the label of my show, Signs of Love One Send Us, and it's for grieving, grieving your family, your children mostly, you know. And I don't try to take anything away from anybody or mock or make fun of anybody, but, you know, sometimes please give me a break. That's not what I do. Or the uh, first thing people will come on my show and they're like, well, what do you think? Um, am I going to make a move? Am I going to give me the name of my next boyfriend? It's like, oh, dear Lord, what is it you don't get with Signs of Love One Send Us? I'm not saying I can't do this because I can. Okay, I've I've been able I've I've been gifted with more than one gift. It's not just bringing loved ones through. I've also been able to do some mind reading, which frustrated me over the years because I could sit in a group of people and like, oh my gosh, it's like, I don't know why I have that, but I it's like, ugh, this made me uncomfortable. I have um. I have a few gifts besides that, you know, all, you know, but it's usually to heal, you know. I didn't like that part of it. I didn't like the, um, never predicted death, but I did get the feeling when someone close to me that I knew was going to pass. I never knew who it was. I didn't like that part of my gift. Didn't make me comfortable. I just, because I, I got that, what do they call it, the empathy, the empathetic, I could feel, you know, the feeling. Yes. You know, it just. And that's who it Oh my gosh, I hated it. I hate, and, and you know what, I've. I've kind of, and I was able to tune that down since I came out with what I'm doing now because it did frustrate me at times. I really, I, I wasn't like giving God a gift. But I'm like just saying, I can't cope with this. I'm telling you what I can't deal with. Because the worst one was when my nephew died this past September. Uh, I think I've told you and I've told Trish the story. I got physically ill for two days from the day he died. I didn't know for two days. I got physically ill almost to the point of calling an ambulance. That's, I've never gotten that sick before. I obviously was feeling him. When I finally was told two days, le- late, two days later when they came and told me that my nephew had passed, that feeling lifted, and I said, oh, this is the worst ever, the worst, you know. 
I don't want to. I, 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 you know, I'm so in tune with what God's gift He's giving me, or whatever. That for many, in many different aspects of it, I had to tune some of it out because it was making me sick, and I wouldn't be good to do what I'm, my job is to do. And I, you know, what? And I feel that my job that He's given me is to heal those that are grieving their children. You know, not grieving their, you know, pets or their. Not saying I, I don't, you know, sympathize with people. I mean, we've all had pets, but that's not what I do, people. You know, and I'm not here to tell you who your next love is going to be or your job. If your grandmother comes through and says. Tell her she's going to get the job, or she's going to move to Cali, or she's going to do this. Fine, I am here to bring your loved ones through. You know, so thank you for um, clarifying that, Kevin. I appreciate that because sometimes it gets a little frustrating on the show. No, but it is true, and you know, like uh, John the Baptist said in John chapter three, he said a man can only give what he has received from heaven, and uh, right. that's exactly the calling of every psychic or medium is to simply pass it on straight. You know, the way Melanie put it in, and I quote this in the book, is that you know you can see a red umbrella or a pink elephant, or you get some name, and it makes absolutely no sense to you. But mm-hmm. by saying it and saying it straight, whether you think you're going to make yourself look foolish or not, it is exactly what the hearer knew. They knew exactly what it meant. I mean, I'm not, probably not telling you anything you don't already know, but I'm saying it for the benefit mm-hmm. of the listeners. Is no, that I do that. I, I'm glad you're doing messages. No, and in fact, yeah, well, like, my like, gift, like, you know, I'm not a psychic or medium, but when I've gotten the urge, like, you've got to share this particular scripture with a person, and you're not going to... You're going to kick yourself all day long if you don't share it. So I share it, even if I may have it, you know, just down to a chapter or a verse or two off. But mm-hmm. it turns out that that's what the person needed to hear at that moment. And exactly. Well, like, for instance, Trisha's on the line. I didn't know she was going to have a friend calling from Tennessee. I had no clue. I had no clue. This woman came on. I don't know if you heard it prior to your calling in. And she goes, can you bring, I've, I've lost six children, five, uh, I think she said five um, before they were born and one a few weeks, you know, a few weeks in infancy. And the first thing I said was the name William. And she goes, no, I don't know William. But then all of a sudden, it doesn't mean it has to be first name. The house she's living in was her husband's grandmother and the last name was Williams. So it's like that I just read her a few minutes ago, and and that's an ironic thing also because um, my very best, well, my best friend that just passed in December, her boyfriend's last name is also Williams. Sometimes I'll see the visions they'll give me is of someone I know, but I was distinctively hearing the name William or Williams, you know. So sometimes I tell people don't kill the messenger because that's who I am. I'm the messenger that I'm getting the messages. I had one woman oh, a year and a half ago call up and, and, and oh, not, not even call into the show because a lot of people were contacting me privately. And I really – I don't do that many private uh, PMs anymore because it was getting to the point 24-7. I can't do this. I'm sorry. I just – I don't have the time. Not trying to be mean, but I – it's taxing. It takes a lot of my energy, and I can't. You know, I help people after the show. Can you read me privately? You think you can? Well, yeah, I probably can. But you know what? There's so many hours in my day. I'm exhausted. Okay, I have a mess. Okay, but um, the the the, the bottom line, I, the point I'm trying to make is, I had one woman. I don't know why she sticks out in my mind, but she got she had lost two children, like myself, and uh, son and a daughter, and then I was given a name, and she goes. Oh, I don't want to hear that name. That's terrible. That was my son's ex-fiancee. They were together for years. I don't want to hear it. Blah, blah, blah. 
I said, it's a validation. People, you've got to realize it's a validation. Whether you like that girl or not like that girl, your son is coming and giving me that name to validate he is around you. That is the message, not whether you like that person. So I would get kicked in the butt a lot, you know, because of what they're giving. I'm like, like I said, and that's where the expression, don't kill the messenger. I'm only as good as what I get. I don't make this stuff up. I don't pick names out of random. I mean, I, I did a show last week, and, you know, a lot of times they're unusual names, and they'll come to me, and it's like, oh, my gosh. I had one woman recently, um, I gave a name, and she didn't want to say anything the show, and she contacted me personally, and it was a, a boyfriend that she didn't want anybody to know about. She goes, I just want to tell you I didn't want to say it on the show. <laughs> so it's like, like I said, don't kill the messenger. I'm only as good as um, validating and, and what I get from the other side. So I just wanted to say that. Too, point, that you know? I think, too, the more unusual the name or the more highly mm-hmm. unusual the sign, as you and I both know in past shows, is to really validation. get someone's attention that, you know, that, that mm-hmm. they need to set up and look at these signs and say, you know, what's the coincidence? Uh, I mean, let's say my last name of Schopel. You know, so there's mm-hmm. a guy coming through, and he's, his last name is Schopel, and let's say you didn't know me or anything. That would be mm-hmm. an unusual enough sign to say, hey, Done she it. doesn't pull it out of a hat like Smith or Jones. No, like Robert or William. And, and the thing is, the name William, and we usually all have a William or Bill in our life, but the fact of the matter was this woman, of uh, Chris's friend, like I said, I swear I didn't know she was calling in. I had no idea. You know, she was from Tennessee, and Chris lives in New England, so... Um, Chris didn't say, I don't remember her saying anything about it, and I didn't know. I just picked a call, and she goes, can you do this, what happened? And and I said, William, and it's like, no. But the house I live in is my husband's grandmother, and she died nine days after or before him. And I live in the house, and her last name was Williams. Hello? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, then I see a straw hat, or I see, like, farmland. She goes, oh, yeah, she used to do a lot of gardening, and she wore a straw hat. Well, I'm a New Yorker. We don't wear straw hats except on Halloween. And then I mentioned Halloween where I'm seeing uh, big red lips, and I'm thinking makeup, makeup. But then it brings me to the, like I say, my puzzle part. Nope, nope, I'm feeling the big red wax lips, Halloween. And she goes, oh, yeah, my cousin died on Halloween. So that's validations. That's what I'm trying to explain. I don't, I'm not mocking anybody or whatever, but it's these kind of validations, the way they give it to me, we have to put the piece together. That's why I say take a pencil and a paper, write them down. It may mean nothing now. It's like I've woken up, you know, months, even three years later, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I, I see an intuitive myself. I don't read myself. I get messages from my family, but I don't read myself. And right. um, I wake up, yeah, a few years later, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is what it meant. And it was three years later. Thank God I had it written down or stored it in my brain. I'm like, oh, because sometimes it'll drive you crazy. I remember my very first reading before my son died. It was after my sister passed. And this, my medium, she brought everybody through, everybody, my sister, brother, daughter, everybody, things that nobody knew. And one of the things that stuck out in my head was, your father's here and he's calling you by your nickname, Pokey. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, the next day I'm sitting there, oh, dear Lord. My father, he said, I was a slowpoke as a kid. And he would, come on, slowpoke, whether it would be going to church or get me up for school. It's like, come on, slowpoke, come on, slow, come on, pokey. I never thought of it as a nickname. And I'm like, so I knew exactly what she meant. This is why I say write it down because it may not click. I still have things that have clicked recently from readings I've had a few years ago. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is what she meant. 
So this is, please write it down because it may not be significant at the moment, but it, it will be. It will be. So, but anyhow, I'm sorry. Well, I didn't mean to go off on that, but I just want people to know it's not a, uh, nothing set in stone here, you know. Um, it usually comes about in a weird way. Uh, one of the other weird things that I did was maybe, I don't know, gosh, 10 years ago. Um, waiting for medications. My friend owned the pub next door to the place. My girlfriend and I went in there, and her father used to go there. He was a buyer or something in New York City, but stopped to have a beer up to work. Back in the day, it was Schaefer. Nobody drinks Schaefer now, and there was a Schaefer can sitting on the bar waiting. And I was just not there to go have a drink, just waiting to get prescriptions, right? Yeah, we had a drink, but, but I wasn't going there to have a few drinks. And so, make a long story short, all of a sudden I looked at her, and I said, well, come on, I guess the prescriptions are ready, monkey puss. And she goes, she almost fell off her chair. She goes, why did you say that to me? And this was long before I came out. I said, I have no idea. She goes, that was my nickname. My father used to call me that. And there's a can of shaver sitting on the bar. Wow. So I would come out with stuff like, yeah, I was coming out with stuff. Who calls anybody monkey puss? Why would I call my friend monkey puss? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, it was just like, it's not unusual, you know? And she, it was a validation, but see, this is the stuff I did my whole life. I would come out with stuff and my friends would laugh at me. It's like, but they're like, and then they're telling me now, years later, it's like, do you remember when we were 14? Look, I don't remember what I did five minutes ago half the time, even being psychic or intuitive. I have MS, okay? My brain erases a lot of stuff, too. I can't store all this, you know? But well, this I is something that Melanie to... herself said. Was it? Uh, yeah, she said, "I don't remember what I give others because basically it is their messages, and that's the way the Lord works the brain." Of and it's a race. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I do remember some things, but I don't. I had a woman a couple weeks ago. I won't go into it, but got on my site, and it's not even just my my intuitive work. I have thirteen hundred and forty, fifty. I don't know whatever it is. I'm just on one page. I try to help as many um, grieving parents or people with kids with sciatic or I don't can't remember everybody. Plus, I have my own life besides, you know. And this woman got really mad at me, and I just asked her because it started with the Joel Osteen thing. Well, she started bashing me. This woman. Oh, you know, if you took the time to go to my page and realize that I did lose a kid, and we've talked before. Well, if I've talked to you maybe once or twice before, I don't. Re- I don't know you. People contact me every week. If I, they say I saw heard you on your show, can will you be my friend? It's fine. Doesn't mean I'm best friends with thirteen hundred and forty people. Doesn't mean I remember your life. I just asked a simple question. Again, don't kill the messenger. This woman went off of me, and then she's telling me you're nothing but a fake and a phony. And I'm a, because you, I couldn't go to her page. First of all, I don't go to anybody's page. Very seldom I go through news feeds. I don't have the time to do this I, with my writings and my volunteer work and my illness. And you know, people think I'm like Superwoman. I'm not. But please don't yell at me and mock me or, or call me terrible names because. You know, everybody thinks it's totally just about them as a single person. I, I try to help as many as I can, you know. But you know what? Please don't hurt me in the process. And I'm, t- you know, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I'm, I've almost gotten rid of Facebook. I need it for networking, but I'm tired of being mocked and and hurt by. Pe- I'm a human being too. Please treat me well. Yeah, I'm I think you're really too. nail it. There's too many people again generalizing that because you're a psychic or a medium that you must mm-hmm. know. You must be have this big globe of knowledge, uh, infinite or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's and it's kind of like you know the way I would put it is let's let's say I took today's newspaper. I said it in front of you, 
And yeah. uh, I said, you must know everything in that paper. And you say, well, that's ridiculous. And I said, well, you know how to read, don't you? And you'd say, yeah, well, then you must know everything in that paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, we, we think that's a ridiculous thing to say is just because somebody uh, Yeah, well, I, I tell everybody, uh, God knows everything. People will come and say, well, really, what is heaven like? And, well, okay, I've had things, visions, whatever, uh, uh, dream visit once. um believe it was there. I was kind of told by somebody, actually even last week it was a real you know, vis- visitation. I don't know everything, why my children really died. I know they had cystic fibrosis. I know they came with a plan. I don't know the answers to everything. I keep saying I'll know like you when I get there. I'm not God. So just because God has given me a gift, I'm not God's gift. You, you know, there's a difference between giving God's gift and being God's gift to the world. I am not Everything. I'm not a soothsayer, like, you know, or whatever you want to call, whatever they called it back in the day. I'm only capable of what God gives me, okay? I'm not a, exactly. I'm not a computer. I'm not a computer. I don't remember everything. I don't remember everyone. It doesn't mean I'm I'm hurt, trying to, to intentionally hurt you. This woman, I mean, really, I didn't remember. You know, I might she might have contacted me at her show one night and I gave her a reading or something privately and not even charging her, which I haven't charged. I still haven't charged anybody. I've done this all free. I'm not you know I'm the the only thing I'm gaining is helping people, okay? It's not about money money or, or, or fundraising or whatever, you know? Even my CF fundraising site, it goes directly to the GoFundMe, the parents GoFundMe, but I'm not even I'm not taking in money from people have got me all wrong or something. I'm I'm not doing this, you know. And it's like I'm only is you know I'm only a human being. Please treat me that such, you know. Don't 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 mock me. Don't hurt me. I couldn't believe this woman going off me. I said, here we go again. I had a deleter. I said I don't oh, deserve it's this. A, and yeah, again, it's a generalizing right. thing, you know. One bad apple ruins the whole bunch, you know, in, in the sense that, you know, you get somebody that charges, say, $150 for a group reading and meet and greet, or you get mm-hmm. somebody that charges $500 for a private reading, and they think mm-hmm. you're all that way, you know, and they think, you know, they just say, oh, you take the label medium or psychic, and and it's whatever everybody conjures up, and you, you were never meant to live up to everything somebody thinks you're supposed to be doing. You know, we mm-hmm. all, you know, this is why I hope to educate people in my new book is that, you know, Melanie could not do everything at every time. She was not a specialist in everything. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, one of the best I knew was Richard Ireland, you know, and, you know, he did some phenomenal things, but he couldn't do everything. And Melanie no, my, he my hero. <laughs> yeah. He was my yeah. hero. Yeah. It hasn't before I even knew I really who I was or what I what I was going to be or what I'm doing now. He was the one I used to watch as a, a kid, and I was like, oh my gosh! And even back then, people were like, oh, it's all you know, bag of tricks and blah 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 blah. And little did I know, forty some years later, I'd be interviewing his son on radio, you know, which brought me to you, which is weird, you know, another synchronicity, you know. But uh, right. I. You know, it just was amazing. It was amazing. But the thing is, you know, I, I just want to stress again, people, don't yell at me. And, you know, I got feelings. I'm grieving, too. I hurt. You know, and I'll tell you, I, I get heart sick over when, you know, I can take constructive criticism. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a, I'm a grown-up. But don't sit there and call me names, and I'm a fake, and I'm a phony, and I'm, and, and you know, uh, why? Because... I didn't give you the answer you wanted. Why? Because I'm supposed to remember you like you're my best friend. 
even things with my best friend. I don't remember everything, for God's sakes. You know, I, I am, um, I'm human. And I, uh, you know what? I also have a disease called multiple sclerosis. And uh, most people with multiple, multiple sclerosis have trouble talking, which I just did right now. Sometimes I reverse my words. Sometimes, and our memory isn't that good anyhow with this disease. So cut me some slack is all I'm asking, you know? Well, this is the you same know, don't thing. Me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not your punching bag. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing again, you know, is that, you know, it's opinions, uh, and this is all this name-calling and everything like that, and again, that's, uh-huh. that's rudeness to you, but, you know, this is why with the Osteen issue, I wanted to say, here's his exact words, and here's the exact Bible words, mm-hmm. and this way, nobody can say that Kevin threw in his opinions, Kevin slammed Mr. Osteen, because mm-hmm. I'm saying, I read Osteen, and I read the scriptures, and... Exactly. And, and that's all I want to do, you know. Um, you know, this way the argument bypasses me, and basically mm-hmm. is saying, you know, did you interpret the scripture Philippians three thirteen correctly in its context? Did you read the scriptures mm-hmm. about how the Lord is the one who removes the grieving process? You know, um, right. because right. You know, and that's why I leave it at that. I leave it at that. I don't. I don't. I don't start saying, oh, you're a fake preacher, and oh, you're doing that because he may be. I would say mm-hmm. most of the time may be legitimate, but in this in this instance, it doesn't match up, and that's all I'm showing. Well, you know, the thing is, too, I mean, the, and these were other grieving parents that were attacking me during the Osteen, because I was oh, like, why well, I like Osteen, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, you know what, I liked Osteen, too, but you know what? The more since I've investigated him, not saying I'm, I'm FBI or something, but just looking up about him, he's more of a motivational speaker. Um, I'm not going to mock him. I mean, I, I had somebody come to my show that and, and said the F word and F. Olstein, and I was mortified. You know, you don't come on my show and say that about anybody, let alone somebody who's preaching the word of God, whether he's a motivational speaker speaking for him or whatever. I was shot, and I wrote. I had talked to these people privately, and I'm, I don't care if they like it or not. You don't. And I told them you don't use that word on my show. I come out and I slip sometimes. I'm, I'm only human, you know. I'm not saying I'm perfect, you know, human being. I'm not, you know. But you know, you know, it happens. But this was intentionally said. This was intentional, okay? And 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 to. You're no better than him if you're going to talk that way, and I'm, you know, behind his back, let alone on a, show, on a national show. Exactly. I mean, my show is heard all over the world. That's you know, sometimes it slips. Okay, sometimes this was not slipped. This was intentional. And I was, I'll tell you, you don't know the slack I took on that. And I'll tell you, it wasn't about me because I didn't say it. It was about they were they were embarrassed. That and and the person that said they were uh, appalled by the person that said it. It's like, why did you come on my show to say this, you know? You know, don't do this. Right. Do this, you know. Well, I've always believed in the sense of responsibility. And I should have gotten an apology, like, and I'm going to say the person never apologized, and I, I'm ticked. I'm ticked. I should have gotten an apology about this. I never got an apology. Never. True, but, you know, when we're in front of the entire world, you know, whatever section of the world that is, we, we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, as it says in Philippians 127. You know, we wouldn't yeah. have a command like that if we weren't capable of doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Well, like I said, things sometimes slip, but, but like I said, things are said intentionally. Sometimes things slip. I mean, and I, I understand we're humans, okay? But oh, the way it was said, it was intentional. It was it was almost premeditated to say that. I was like, oh, dear Lord, I can't believe you went there. I mean, I, I kid people about me being Howard Stranet and whatever. You say what you want. You know, I, I want realness on the show, but there are limitations, you know, and um, I was like, whoa, you know, wow. Couldn't believe it, you know. <laughs> Whatever. But, you know, like I said, I mean, it was, I felt it was more, well, this is the way I feel, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it on your show. Well, you're not going to get the, well, actually, the person did get the slack because people wrote to me about that person saying it. That was, couldn't believe they said it. You know, so, but I just want to say, you know, we're not perfect. Things happen. But don't intentionally Absolutely. come on and, and, and use this because, you know what, people can tell the difference, you know. People can tell the difference when it slips, and people can tell the difference when it's it's intentional. We're not stupid oh, yes. here either, you know. But anyhow, that's the story on that. But I'm I'm glad. I wish I had had you on that night. If you would have got a word in edgewise, I know you probably not. It's probably better just had you on a couple weeks later. Um, but um, I'm glad that you clarified the fact that, um, you know, that you did. You do. You know the Bible, Kevin. I, how many times have I turned to you, and you know personally, off the show, off the record as a friend, and well, say, Kevin, I'm say going. Over the last, I would say over the last year, actually, we've known each other 54 weeks. I'd probably say about 20 to 25 times that I can recall that you said, you know, Kevin, what does the Bible say about this or that? Or, you know, this mm-hmm. is today. Is there a biblical precedent for it? And right. I will, many times I may not know, and I may say, Lord, you know, Peggy had this happen to her, kind of direct my thoughts, and I will start looking, maybe, like I said, I'll do a word search or something. I may run across mm-hmm. something. Here's what I believe. The Spirit gives the person the tools. That's a hand. Right. If you're dealing with a Gideon Bible in a hotel, you know, he may give you everything. But if you've got study references or a computer... Mm-hmm. He will guide you as to what resource, or say, do a word search on grieve, or I want to right. look up this Crawford, for instance, in the Scorpio Reference Bible, whatever, and you'll start getting pulled by the Spirit to look at this, look at that, mm-hmm. and then like he did, he dropped that scripture right in my mind last night, Revelation 21, 4, that he Thank will wipe every that. tear from their eye. And, and I, I want to tell them, my listeners. You know, I want to tell, tell my listeners, too, not just uh, from my um, professional, if you want to call it professional, because I do do this as a volunteer, but it's professional way, but my personal life things have happened, and I'll, I'll get a hold of Kevin's ear, and I'm like, Kevin, help. You know, I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling that way, and why – how do I deal with this? How, I've done this to you. Have I or have I not, Kevin? You know, in my uh, own instance with family and friends. not there. I, I, I don't think quite that way, but you've asked you for a biblical take on an incident right. that's already happened or that somebody's already doing, and that's right. where you know, I start off with, as I just described, you know, mm-hmm. how do I approach finding biblical answers to something? Because right. I want it to be a straight story. I was almost right. afraid last night when I was seeing the three-quarters of these things on grieving in the morning had nothing to do with the death of a loved one. I thought, good grief. I'm not going to see on Peggy's show, but <laughs> right, right. with beginning to search, relying on the Holy Spirit, I gave you what I did get from, from the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and from the Scriptures. Right. 
And that's what right. I feel glorifies the Lord mostly is when we give it, give his word straight. Uh, we did that in my old Sunday school classes for adults is that we go to the scripture. I might have a new, a new international version. Somebody else have a King James. Somebody might have the living Bible. We read them. Right. We would talk, discuss what is the spirit saying to us between all of these translations in the English language and right. even pray about it. And, and we would say, you know, in the whole context and between these versions, here's what it seems like the Spirit is saying to us, and we kind of get a consensus before we moved on without me trying right. to manipulate the situation, you know, but to understand, you know, in in a full context, you know, your straight answer. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you something else. It's something that just came to thought that something else has happened to me. Um, and I, like I said, I don't mention names or what have you. Um, but I had talked to somebody locally that's in the media, and I said, you know, I'd like to maybe do a show with you or whatever, come on yours, whatever, whatever. And they said to me, well, my show is about moving on and whatever. Like, you really don't fit my um, bill. I mean, she's had other intuitives on and things that have happened to her. I don't fit her bill because I've lost children, because I talk about reality, because I talk about uh, grief, my feelings. I don't fit her bill because it's all, like, it's all fairy dust and fairies life, and it's all happy, happy, joy, joy. Sorry, people. Welcome to the real world. Welcome to the – I have to live this real world. My whole point on getting or doing this other person – and I'll tell you, I was a little ticked. I, I, was, I was really ticked, thinking, who are you? Now, here we go again. You know, you're judging me. Yeah, you see maybe my post as a grieving mom, and like, yes, well, today is Meg's angel anniversary or Mark's angel anniversary or birthday, and I'm feeling – I'm missing my kids or whatever. So now you're you're taking God's job again, and you're judging me. No, I do a lot of positive things like the show and like my writings and like my work with other CF kids and whatever, and it's not about kudos and ego and things. No, I do move on, and I do move forward, but this person basically told me, well, if you can think of another topic, you'd be more than welcome on my show. Well, grief is a very real topic, my friend. Okay, oh, and there's a lot of people under underline underline without they put on their their happy faces when they have their yin and their yang, their sad face underneath, you know, because it goes both ways. Welcome to life, sweetheart, you know. And I've heard her, and I thought she would be interested because I've heard her private shows, and she's she's known pretty well known. I've heard her private shows uh, of her own blog with other. Uh, intuitives on that are very well known, you know, but because she knows me, she knows well, we have mutual friends, whatever, whatever. Well, I was really ticked, like, why don't you just come over and slap me across the face and tell me that I'm just not worthy of your show? I was very insulted. I'm not going to lie to you. Very insulted. People, and now we go back to what Osteen, to Oste, you know, Joe Osteen again, that they want us to shut up about this. They want us to be silent about this. Well, I'm sorry. Grief affects, whether you've lost a child or you haven't, we all, sooner or later, get affected by grief. Okay? Well, and I think I take a very positive approach to it. I think I don't sit and dwell constantly. I think I do. Uh, you know, I don't do the show to dwell on it. I do the show to educate people to heal. Now, if that isn't a positive approach, I could sit here and never done anything. I could have never wrote a book. I could have sat here on Facebook all day long and, 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 and cried. I could have never done anything. 
But I've done things. I've done things. So have other grieving parents. Yes, we all cry. We all mourn. We all feel. You know, but, you know, you come on the show and you talk about it and you try to help other people through it. So you're you're doing something. And that's what I was asking. It's like, well, and this person basically kicked me in the butt and said, well, in other words, you're not good enough to be on my show because we don't want to hear your story. I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I don't want to be on your show. Guess what? I don't uh, – you're not worthy of my show either, darling. You know, it's not tit for tat, but, uh, you know, it's just not uh, – I was just – I was very – I just had to say that I was very insulted, you know. I may not be Miss Professional Radio Show Host or whatever, you know, but I, t- I, t- I speak the truth, and I do a lot of good, you know. And uh, sorry, grief is a big part of life, and uh, – we need to educate and, and and teach others that, you know what, there is a process you go through, you know, whether it be a spouse or a parent or a sibling or a child, you know, and that's basically what I think I do. But a lot of people think I'm stuck in all this negativity, you know, and I'm sick of it, to be honest with you. I'm really sick of it, people thinking this, you know, and it's like well, I can tell you almost a long time, and I don't see negativity in it. I see you honoring Megan Mark or saying, you know, I still think of Megan Mark or I, uh, you know, I will always remember Megan Mark. That's not negativity to say that sort mm-hmm. of thing. It's real. It's it, real. Yeah. It's real. It's real life. It's I really, mean, they don't want to you know, hear about Megan Mark. I don't. Maybe I don't want to hear about your kids going off to college and your empty nest syndrome. Maybe I don't want to hear your kids about in the academy. Maybe I don't want to hear about your kids going off to war. My kids still count too. Guess what? All I have is their memories and the things they've done and whatever. That's all I have left to share with you. So why should I be subject to sh- you sharing with me about your kid? Well, my kid's going to college and 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 I feel the emptiness. And what am I going to do? But they're going to come home. Not the. You're not going to have the empty chair like I say at Christmas, okay? I'm not mocking people for, for feeling that way, but let me feel my way. Let Chris feel her way without Ryan coming home and me not me feeling this way without Megan Mark coming home. We are entitled. That's all I'm, It's more of an entitlement. We are entitled to these feelings, and that's what I'm trying to tell people. We're entitled to mentioning our children. We're not, you know, and we go back to what Austin did. We're, we're people still, even in the high ranks of the the public eye, think we're supposed to like you know like like i said we're we're living in you know fairyland here it's not it's not it's real world and grief is part well, of it this is why i wanted to make it a clear point this is why i wanted uh-huh. to make it a clear point that that the one who takes away grief and mourning is the lord and that if it doesn't happen there's no time frame the bible had formal time frames you know where like when the nation of israel mourned moses and aaron each 30 days that was a uh, that was more of a formalized thing, but in, in the right. instances, let's say in the Bible, where uh, Jacob mourned for Joseph because he thought a wild bear tore him to pieces and killed him, when in reality he was sold into slavery. But he said, mm-hmm. I will mourn for him the rest of my life. The same was true when, when Absalom was going to overthrow King David. That was his own son. But when mm-hmm. But when he was killed... David mourned for him, and it said he mourned for him many days. You know, so the fact mm-hmm. is that, you know, if the Lord is not ready, I, I know that's the wrong wording. If the Lord has chosen to take away the grief at a later time, that's his time right. frame, and nobody mm-hmm. can say, you know, well, if the Lord's not doing it, you need to get off your rear end and do it yourself. There's no such command in Scripture. There's no such command Thank anywhere. You. Well, like I said, this, exactly. this, this person that I, I, I contacted, um, 
you know, I mean, I felt very insulted. I'm like, you know, you're supposed to be so versed in what you do and what have you and whatever. And 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 yet, um, what do you think? I'm going to come on your show and just cry? You know, no, I'm going to talk about how to treat, just like I do on my own show, how to treat us grieving parents and how we move on, how we can't. We move on, but we move on differently because life has changed, so, you know, dramatically, you know, drastically. You know, well, that was my too, point. Peggy. Yeah. You know, it, you know, as I was thinking about it being the one-year anniversary of my first appearance on your show, and with mm-hmm. my friend Charles losing his mother on Sunday, I thought, well, oh what gosh, did I sorry. learn to do? To, to No, no, that's perfectly fine because it, it was you that gave me the right things to say. I mean, you know, you and I didn't call each other Sunday or anything, but I thought, you know, you did a show, I think it was your third or fourth show ever, which you said is the things to say and not say to a grieving parent. And from that, I remembered, I thought, talk to the grieving person about who they love, in this case, Charles's mother. We'd say, well, I still remember when she'd come out to the triple team, we'd have dinner together. She was always smiling. She always had a good word mm-hmm. for everybody. And I yeah. and I remembered that one of the things you have said is very, very important is to be there for the grieving person. Mm-hmm. Say, I'll be there for you. You need me. You call me. If you, if, you know, whatever. Because I know one of the worst things a person could do is avoid somebody out of not knowing what to say. And you've taught me that. Mm-hmm. And then right, the third, which is the reason for your show, is to talk about the signs, which I do now in mm-hmm. my second book. You know, to talk mm-hmm. about the signs you get, and this puts an awareness mindset, start you know, noticing when there's a penny or when there's a dove or when there's something else. And it's out of the ordinary. Or, or your, your, or your ki- kid's face showing up in Ireland after his death. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> I, I have always thought that was one of the most outstanding signs from Mark. I mean, there's probably been or a few more. Or showing up at somebody's door in Jersey that I don't even know. That I went to a site that I don't even go to. I was drawn to it intuitively. And it's and like in the person right. posing them. Huh? And that can't be faked. I mean, the other person took no, the picture. No, well, wait, wait, wait. i, I got to back up on that one. i got to tell you something. A very close friend of mine oh. who was friends with my son said to me, she literally, when she saw these pictures, I gotta, oh, I'm got. i glad you brought that up, Kevin. It's a very good point. She says to me, I felt bad for you. I felt like people were screwing with you and posting these, like, Photoshop pictures to, to, to like... I said, no, nobody posted these pictures. I found them on, on other sites. I was drawn to them. So people still think I'm making this stuff up, Kevin. They still think I'm making stuff up, like Mark's face showing up in that that little girl's bed in Ireland. She thought somebody did that to screw with me, to mess with me. Well, a person this who is somebody that knew Mark. Yeah, and I'm like, no. Or never tried to play a joke or anything. That's just it. The what? I said the person who took those photographs didn't contact you. You say you were drawn to them. They weren't trying to... I was drawn to them. I never met these people in my life. I never met this guy from Jersey where the face showed up in his door while his wife was taking his picture after the wedding and saying, I'm not into this. I never believed in this. And he was on a paranormal site. And I really don't go to the paranormal sites. Something drew me there, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's Mark's face. So I wrote him. He goes, oh, my gosh. I said, here, here's a picture of my son. He goes, oh, my gosh. And then the little girl from Ireland, I was drawn to that site. It was a cystic fibrosis patient. I can't remember. I can't even remember the sites it was on. Somebody didn't send this to me. I went to it. So I just want to clarify that with people. People think I, I Photoshop and all this other. No, I swear, I swear, as Lord is my judge, I have never Photoshopped anything. The only thing, 
there was a highlight on Mark's first party, his first fundraising after his death on his birthday, where my husband's face showed up and Meg's name was written over my head in smoke. Somebody actually highlighted it in gold so you could see it better, but I have the original. That's the only time anything was highlighted. Nothing else was sent to me. None of this was sent to me. It was pictures either I took or I found on other sites. That, that something drew me to it. So, no, nobody's messing with me, people. This is real. Now, you can see people, even, even when I give them concrete evidence and proof, they still look for excuses, is what I'm saying. That, like, you know, probably you have the people, you know, like Dr. James Randy, who will always find some fault or it will never mm-hmm. be good enough proof. This, you know, there are going to be those kinds, but the fact is, as I'm finding out more I've lived, is that proof through a psychic or a medium becomes a very personal thing. It's something that mm-hmm. you know you didn't give it out to somebody. You know that you know that there's no way or that it would have been extremely crazy to even mm-hmm. try to think of a non-supernatural way that these things could have happened. It's just like my very first instance with a psychic 40 years ago. She couldn't mm-hmm. have gone to both both of those football teams and say, I want you guys to arrange it as so it'll be a tie game so that my boyfriend will think I'm a psychic. You know, it, it, you know that's, uh, that's absurd. I, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, you can't help but laugh. You know what? It's like I'm giving you what I got, people. It's the bottom line. I, I give it to you intuitively. People call my show. Yeah, I don't know you from Adam. I, I give you advice. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my readings. I give you my gift. You know, and sometimes it's still not good enough. I give you, I share my personal stuff. I like my videos. I go to the doc. I go to the doc a lot. Why is it on my son's birthday I pick up orbs dancing and, and songs coming on my radio that normally don't come on? And, and I videotape it. I'm at the right place at the right time because the Lord sends me there. That's all I can say. How about the moon picture with Mark's face in it with the heart? Right. Yeah, for, you know, now, by the way, Chris, I, Chris, I, I have to bring Chris on for this one because, Chris, you're there, right? Chris? Hello? Chris? Trisha? Well, I wanted her to tell you about that because, you know what, out of all the signs I've ever gotten, I never used to get hearts, and everybody used to get hearts. Well, that's why I wanted Chris. She's on the line, but maybe she's doing something. Well, Chris told me. I remember that picture. I remember how how it had a roundish heart look. Exactly, it had the heart look, and and the face. There was a face on the moon, and it was Mark's. And I looked. I said, "Oh no, this is." And this was the person that took this picture. Was drawn to take the picture. The one who said to me that she thought that people were messing with me, and she's the one who sent me that one. So to make a long story short, Trish tells me after showing her that picture, she goes, "You're not going to believe what I did." I said, "What?" She goes, I not only light candles, white candles for my son and talk to him, but on, on that date, I had lit a candle and said, look, at Meg and Mark, you must be with, because everybody's together over there, you must be with my son. Your mom has gotten every kind of sign except heart, center heart, and then all of a sudden, my other friend sends me the moon picture with a heart in it. Oh, wow. This is a friend in New England praying, and a friend up the street from me that knew my son, sending me the picture, don't even know each other. And on that same date, I get this from both of them. You know what, people? You can think I make this up. You know what? I'm giving you what I got. And and, and you either accept it or you don't. I'm trying to help. And if you don't, um, well, no, I'm not even going to say shame on you. It's uh, your loss. Um, like I said, I'm not uh, making money. I'm not uh, promoting this for an ego. I'm trying to help. 
So um, you can believe what you want. I give you what I have. I, I've given concrete proof. I've not just, oh, Peggy can read you. I'm, I'm giving you what, what signs that are sent to me directly uh, in photos. I've had several folks. Kevin, you've seen in the photos and the videos. I mean, I don't make that. And I even videotape the radios, like all of a sudden pray, going to the river to pray. I never had heard that song in my life before. And that's what I was doing. I went to the river to pray, and all of a sudden the storm comes on, and then I decide to videotape the ducks, and I'm seeing this dancing orb with with a heart, uh, um, like a uh, a kiss, like a, a kiss from heaven. They call that type of um, orb, and it's dancing to the music. And I so and I I look for the obvious too before I like even when lights go off, I check the electric or TVs or whatever. What's happened to me? I look for the obvious first because I had one lady approach and say, "You think everything's a sign? No, I don't. I check it out with." my cable company i check it out with my my like my washer going on and off i was ready to call the washer up here a brand new washer it happened all during mark's birthday and then after it i stopped doing it you know it's just like i'm not making this stuff you know what think what you want I, i've gotten to the point kevin I, I i'll give you what you got but i don't care what people think if they accept it fine if they don't it's you know what like i said they're lost they're lost I had someone contact me the day that I grew up with in my hometown and privately and uh, just lost their mother. I'm not going to say him, she, or whatever. Mother was almost 100 years old. And he goes, I didn't want to say anything. He goes, but um, this bird has been coming, blah, 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 blah. And, and, it's, and, and my wife and I realized it's my mother, a sign from my mother. I'm not saying the bird is your mother, just like the butterflies weren't Meg. I think they manipulate them. I don't believe that they're them, okay? I believe they manipulate them, all right? And it's like so many people contact me privately. You'd be surprised. People I grew up with say, well, I won't tell people because they're going to think I'm nuts, but I'll tell you. You know what? Whatever. So what if people think you're nuts? You know, the more people open up with this, the better I think the world's going to be to show that agree, you know, it's not yeah. just the here and now. Huh? Well, you know, this is the thing that that helped me break the ice when I was a teacher, you know, at Pima Street Baptist Church was that, I, you know, I would – just to talk to somebody, you know, and, and maybe the topic would say, oh, when are you getting married? Have you chosen a date? Or when is your anniversary? And it would give me mm-hmm. the chance to tell the story about how our wedding our wedding date was chosen by a simultaneous dream from the Lord. So once right. they knew that we believed in the supernatural, they mm-hmm. would start opening up, you know, where they might not tell the pastor, they may not tell somebody else, but... They knew mm-hmm. that if I believed and I was willing to stick my neck out and share my stories, they would yep. start being comfortable with sharing theirs. And just like you said, they need to tell them. They need to know that somebody will yep. take them seriously and not as a nutcase. And, well, that's what you know, I'm saying. I came I out there and people people are convinced I'm crazy. I mean, there's still people think I'm totally, like, out of my mind, out of my bird, you know, out of my You're game. probably always going to have a few people like that, but I would probably say yeah. you have encouraged and educated more mm-hmm. people than the ones who want to do the slamming. I mean, look what you just did for me on Sunday without even knowing it. I was, just because of a year of seeing your posts, hearing the radio shows, being on the radio shows, Mm-hmm. I was able to know what to say for Charles when yeah. I when his mother passed away at nine forty five on Sunday morning to be able mm-hmm. to just talk with him for a while, share the memories mm-hmm. to uh to basically say, Charles, I'm gonna keep this phone on me and any time you need me, you call me. And Amen. and Amen. Uh, and so and I thought to myself, without Peggy's 
show educating me in a repeated fashion, mm-hmm. would I have recalled what to say or would I have shunned somebody and saying, I don't want to sound stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, but you gave yeah. me the right things to say. I mean, if you ever have to do a rerun, that's the show I would rerun is the things to mm-hmm. say and not to say to a grieving person because that oh, yeah. was an Like education. I said, all my shows are archived. Any, anyone can go at any time and go listen to it any time they want. Um, the yes. other thing is, Kevin, I've also given you a private reading it once, once or twice, I think. Yes, right? you did. But it was on February 3rd, but I'll have to review it again to see, you know, because I have to admit I, I I started some of my underemployment period after that, and I got busy mm-hmm. with other things, including the Melanie book, and I'd like to go back and replay because the last... Do you remember me telling uh, you that underemployment thing happened for a reason? Do you get One it? of the things I do yeah, remember, I get it. Well, one of the things I do remember telling you is that yes. I know you were having a rough time with the unemployment, but I said it's all in God's timing, right? Basically, everything for a reason. It's time to finish Melanie's book. And wasn't it right after finishing Melanie's book you had all these um, interviews coming up and, and choice of well, maybe exactly um, what happened in the time sequence. This was that yeah, was on, that part of my reading? on Friday May 1st, I had three job interviews, okay? Then mm-hmm. I finished mm-hmm. the book at 10.30 p.m. on Saturday, May 2nd, and then on Monday, May 4th, I was offered a job. That's See? the sequence. I, say, I did predict that, though. Did I, that's, I think you will remember that. I said there's a reason for this. There's a reason. Yes. And there was something about a song. I can't remember what the song was now. Something, I don't know if that ever happened. I like people, if I give you a reading sometimes, if I kind of predict things, like you're going to be somewhere, someplace, and there's a certain song from a loved one, it may not have happened yet. It may happen six months from now. Come back on the show and let me know. I like I like to um, you did give me I like a, to hear the validation. You did give me a song, but i got to uh-huh. remember what it was by replaying the song. I don't remember what it was it. either. Yeah, yeah, and I believe in the archives you have the part because it came on after the blog talk portion ended that you told me this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, all my archives you can when you go to the archives you can hear after the blog talk. That's the good thing about my archives because you can hear even after we're off the radio and we still talk. You can't hear it like if you're not on the phone up until after the two hours, but you can hear it in the archives. So if you ever no. go back to whatever, but I did kind of, pre- well, I didn't kind of, I predicted that. I said, there's a reason you're not going to be working for a while because you've got to get this book out. That's part of your job, part of the plan. And I remember that, and I remember you, <clears throat> excuse me, posting something that you got these interviews and possible jobs. It was right after you finished the book, you know. And um, right. do you know when the book's going to be out totally now? Because you're like me. I, I actually, a few months ago, my poetry book was ready to go. It really is, but I still am doing the um the the uh, the chapters in the beginning, you know, to let you know where. So I I've kind of put it on the back burner for the moment, you know. Well, but it, it looks there... like to me it's going to be late summer or fall because right now I'm I'm getting ready to do more of the pickier edits, but I'm also wanting my wife to hear the entire book because she you know she can pick mm-hmm. out parts where um, you know the wording could be simpler and more straightforward to the listener mm-hmm. and they can understand what's going on. I'm doing most of it right now without an outside editor just due to the fact of, of the financial limitations, but I still have to design a cover, table contents, um, get right. through those picky edits. So I, I'm estimating it'll probably be late summer to early fall when I have that ready. And what, what's, um, the name, what's the name of the book? What is the name of the book? Um, it's, it's called Melanie, A Christian Medium's Life and Her Gifts of Spirit. And give everybody your first book's name because we're getting down to the last minute now. Absolutely. The first book is called The Bible, 
The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. It is available on Amazon. Um, you can also read an excerpt from the book at my site, which is BiblePsychics.com. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, for free, you can look up my name on the YouTube, and there's a video called Does the Bible Really Condemn Psychics? It mm-hmm. gives you a 28-minute nutshell version of many things that's in the book plus a few more. So I right. encourage anybody who is psychically or medium chef gifted to look into that and know the truth. Or know general the population, understand it. Yeah. Well, we're down to less than a minute. Um, Kevin, I, it seems to go by so fast these two hours. I want to I want to thank you again. This is Kevin Schopel. That's that's uh, a Baptist deacon and author of a uh, second book coming out now. He said the name of books. Uh, my shows are archived. Kevin is out in Arizona. Again, I want to thank you, Kevin. You've been a great gift to my show many times and will continue to be, hopefully. Definitely. And, um, you know, my book, again, is also on Amazon. It's a bestseller Am- on Amazon. Uh, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug. Uh, you can get the Kindle for three ninety nine if you want to read it. Um, Kevin, you have any last words? We've got about 20 seconds. Um, just the fact that uh, your show is an education. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep on comforting, being there for the grieving parents, and encouraging them to live the life that Jesus called them to do. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Kevin, I want to say good night. We're down five seconds. Good night. Thank you all. Good night, Bye-bye. Peggy. Bye. Good night. God bless. Bye.